You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot. No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table. Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? And welcome. It is Friday, November 12th. We have got some. Let's see here. What did we have last night? We did have Thursday night football. My mind is, is going elsewhere at the moment. We've got a wrap up. We had of- the uh, Thursday college game, I assume. Which was okay. It was not as great as I was hoping it was going to be, but I did get to watch all of that game as well. Yes, uh, we will wrap up what happened between the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins, and then Matt, who is here with me, will help me preview the entire Week 10 of the NFL slate. Before we do that, though, we would like to tell you guys that we are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN, as you can see on the top of our screen there. We hashtag that when we go live, as do all the other great podcasts that are a part of this network. But as always, before we jump into the games, Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful Friday? Well, it's been a pretty uh, nice day. Thanks to the time change and me being 100 years old, I still woke up at 5 a.m. But, uh, you know, did a few things this morning, got in a nap. My Fitbit says it was a little over an hour. My wife said it was two or three 10-minute periods followed by me tossing or turning. Either way, I felt a little refreshed. And then uh, all that disappeared as we had to do our weekly grocery shopping at Walmart. Yeah, I hear you. You're one of the other people who probably really understands what it's like to have to get up that early. I got up at like 3 o'clock this morning. And then, as you know, everything going on behind the scenes for me right now, it's just it's been a lovely, lovely Friday. So, yeah, yeah, we've been pulling up carpet and had a plumber in or getting closer to having an actual working bathroom, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, and that, that is, I hear, fairly important in the 21st century to have a working bathroom. I think it's one of those things you really want in a house, right? Like, that's, that's a, I mean, it certainly you. is to my wife. Uh, I can't imagine. So yeah, what we are all hoping that that is taken care of quicker here than later. So let's talk a little bit though about that Thursday night game. The Dolphins come back and win this game, twenty-two to ten. The Ravens lay an egg here, cause for concern. This has been two bad games, really. I'm trying to remember, I know two of them for sure. I can't remember what their third loss was because they've they have three or four losses now. I can't they, remember. They have that. three losses. They lost to the Raiders on opening day. They lost that game to Cincinnati, where they got so blown out last week. They were actually getting blown out fairly handily by the Vikings yeah. and had to come back. And so that Cincinnati game was right before the bye. They had the bye week. They come out of it. They looked really flat for a while, kind of rallied, got up on the Vikings. And then you see this Thursday night game last night. I, I, you know, I don't think either of us are particularly Baltimore Ravens fans. So our level of concern personally might be a little low, but their offense certainly isn't clicking. Um, Lamar had a good fantasy week last week. We both had him as QB1 this week. I expected some fireworks, and um, I would not be surprised if he ends up outside the top 20 after last night's game. Hollywood Brown, I had him 17. You had him, I believe, top 10. We didn't get a good performance there. I was encouraged. You know, Mark Andrews was still good. I was encouraged Rashad Bateman. I uh, saw probably a, a nice uptick in action. But their running game's not very consistent. I think that puts more pressure on Lamar. They were really susceptible to defensive pressure. And, uh, you know, this is another uh, pretty great week in a row for Miami's defense, which is actually starting to remind me of last year's defense and the reason a lot of us thought they could be top 10 again in 2021. But, you know, Baltimore's still in first. The AFC right now in general shockingly the only team I feel solid about is the Titans and if you would have asked me that three months ago that would have been the least but Buffalo has not looked great and if Buffalo has another YOLO game and loses this week and the Patriots manage to win Buffalo won't even be in first place in its division every team in the AFC West has five wins no one's really distinguished themselves so not good for Baltimore it doesn't necessarily they're they're still in first place right now um but yeah, I think it gives the Steelers a chance, right, to to catch them. Yeah, I don't. And I actually think the um, – because what are the Browns? The Browns are at four losses too, am I right? So I Yeah, the Ravens the only Browns. have three, so the Browns oh, okay. could be a yeah, half game so. back. But they could get to six and four. You know, the AFC is going to be wild down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really – well, I shouldn't say I'm not worried about it. I'm worried about the running game. I mean, they had – 10 carries to their running backs because Devin Duvernay got one who's obviously a wide receiver and then Lamar had nine and I do think that's affecting the offense some you know you mentioned Hollywood Brown I did I expect him to have a really big game I mean I, I can't take much away from that I think the bad performance he did get 13 targets so I mean it's not like he wasn't a he, he is the focal point of the offense attack it just didn't work out I'm confused as to why especially as good as Rashad Bateman looked in the fourth quarter, why they didn't use him more in like, I don't know, the well, other three quarters. And what would be concerning a little bit about the nature of the pass offense um, is probably, or the rushing attempts is, well, it ends up being 22 to 10, which makes it seem like they had cushion. That really came late. You know, this was a six, three game at the half. This was like a nine, three game 
at the end of three quarters. It was close enough that you would have thought a power running team. A lot of Lamar's carries, my observation anyway, was um, the pocket caved in and he had to take off. Yeah, so I agree with you on that. And I think that's probably my takeaway is if teams try, I feel like the teams are treating them the same way they are the Chiefs in the fact of that they're trying to tell the Ravens, okay, if you guys are going to beat us, go ahead and beat us on the ground like they're doing with the Chiefs, which is why I think the Chiefs offense has struggled so much as of late because they're like, we're, we're just going to throw everybody in coverage. You're not going to beat us passing the ball. You need to beat us running the ball. And the Ravens can't do it. They didn't make a trade. They brought in a bunch of aging veterans, and I, I think it's starting to catch up with them. Again, I I don't know that it's really going to hurt Lamar that much or, or Hollywood Brown, or you mentioned Mark Andrews, but as a team, I am a little bit worried about it. Because I'm with the, I, I, you know, you said three months ago, dude, I'd go two weeks ago. I wouldn't have said I don't think Tennessee was the best team in the AFC, but they're sitting alone there at the top. So maybe – Maybe we should consider them the and best. They're the only one that seems to beat all comers. You know, you count them out, they yeah. pound the uh, the Chiefs. You count them out, they beat the Bills. You count them out, they sweep the Colts. You count them out, they go without Derrick Henry and pound the Rams in Los Angeles. They are not only alone at the top, they're the only one that seems to step up in big moments. Um, something to think about. Yeah, so that, I, I'm definitely – like you said, I'm not not a massive Ravens fan, so them losing doesn't really you know bother me some. But I would worry a little bit about that because what I was going to say at the uh, the beginning of this was the Raiders game, if I'm remembering correctly, was at least competitive for the most part. The Raiders, I yeah, think, it had it mostly yeah mostly under control at first. Then Baltimore, as you like you talked about earlier with the game last week, Minnesota kind of came back in that. The Bengals game, I'm almost positive the Bengals were up from the from the get-go. And really last night for most of that game, e- even though it was close, I feel like Miami was controlling that game. That's the thing I'd worry about is in the past, kind of like with the Chiefs, they've never really seemed out of these games, right? Like maybe they were losing, but it's like, okay, well, all it takes is one big play here or there, and they're going to get back in it. I don't know that the Ravens have that anymore. So I'm... That part of it I am uh, a little bit worried about for them moving forward. On the Dolphins side here, they get the win. As you mentioned, the defense has been the thing that's kind of helped them win the past couple weeks, or at least it's looked better the last couple weeks. Yeah, and they scored a defensive touchdown, put up 17 points. I wouldn't be surprised. They should at least be top five fantasy defense this week. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're more like top three because that's a – you can get 17 points out of your defense. They were the second highest scoring total fantasy element from that game. Andrews, because of the touchdown, ended up with 18.6 points, I think. So he was just a little bit above him. But that defense is looking good. Miles Gaskin back to being completely unreliable. I like Jalen Morrow, but he's probably got a safe floor and a low ceiling. And Mike Kosecki, you have to have felt felt for anyone that played him. He had been on a tear, rolls you a goose egg in a game that they win. You know, you tell me if Dolphins are going to beat the Ravens 22 to 10, I'm feeling good about my Gusecki shares and bad beat. Yeah, that's one of those good process, bad result kind of things. There, there's no way you can sit Mike Gusecki and expect a zero out of him, especially at the fact that he's been consistent for nine weeks. It's not been one of those things where he's like, oh, well, like a Mo Alley Cox, right? Like He's like, oh, he's on that two, three-week heater. Is this the week that he falls up? No, Gusecki's been good all season. So it's just one of those things. You know, like I'm going to be honest, just like Hollywood Brown. I mean, he's been very good all season. I think the low, this may have been the lowest point total he's gotten all season in this game. He's He's been very consistent. Six points when you – because I pulled up. I didn't watch the 
the very like the last seven minutes of this game. And I went and pulled up my things. It's like, okay, well, he had to have done something here toward the end. And to end up with uh where did it go? With six point seven points. I mean, yeah, that's his second uh his his yeah, second loss. He only got five points against the Chargers. So outside of that, he's gotten double digits in almost every and every single game. 16, 23, 17, 32, 16, 19. He's been consistent. Just one of those games, it happens, so you, you can't take much away from that side of it. The more interesting thing for me on Miami is the conversations we're going to be having about Tua and what this team does moving forward in the offseason because that was a whole thing of, of if he's not healthy enough to come in, I don't understand why he's your backup quarterback in the game and comes in when it looks like Jacoby Brissett might be done-done with the way he was kind of in pain on the field. And then I thought he was, I thought he had, it. Yeah, so I don't know I, about yeah. you, but when he was, when he pulled like that, I, I thought for sure, like ACL, I mean, he looked like he was screaming, Yeah. Um, you know, and then I think you could see why they maybe didn't think Tua was ready to start. Cause some of those passes were uh, to no one, no dirt patch in particular. Right. Yeah. But the problem was, I think even in his limited time, he went out there, he still put up better stats than Brissett did. So it's, it's just one of those weird things. Like I was listening to to Ray Garvin this morning on his his morning show, Wake Up, uh, talk about this, and and it's just very intriguing to me. I, I didn't even really realize it, but he talked about you know last year with Xavier Howard, right? There's a lot of talk about Xavier Howard le- leaving the Dolphins. Brian Flores came out and like adamant defense of Xavier Howard, like no, he's our cornerback, he's not going anywhere, blah blah blah, like. Outside of him coming out and say two is our quarterback for now, he has not at all been like who is two is our quarterback of the future. This that then there were reports that came out last night during the game that Miami was willing to give up five picks to get to Sean Watson. So I don't know that two is long for the Miami Dolphins. And and to be honest, I don't think he should be. I think it's better for him to move on at this point because I don't think he's as bad as he's shown that he has been in Miami, and that that's kind of the bad part about it. But I, I do think he'll get a chance somewhere. He's just he's too too talented, I think, that, to not to. So let's see here, uh, what uh Matt tell us how if you don't want to listen to us on weekly ranklings r- ranklings rank. <laughs> well, we got to rank, rank who you can get help from. Yeah, we got to wrangle ourselves, I guess. Well, you want to get the tools to help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame, head to footballdiehards.com and up, get the Flash Update Pro. It's a full suite of fantasy tools to make you a better manager. Rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. All right, so week 10, the Atlanta Falcons at 4-4 four and four go and play the Dallas Cowboys sitting at 6-2. and two. Matt, what do we like in this Falcons passing game? Yeah, so I think, you know, Cordero Patterson probably has a pretty good role in the passing game as well, which is what makes him the running back. I'm still rolling out Kyle Pitts. Still, I still feel like he's top 12 talent, even if he doesn't always get the targets. I I like Matt Ryan this week. I actually had him up in my top 12. He, you're right, outside of week one has been fairly consistent. My problem is I'm sure one of the wide receivers will have a decent game, but it's wide receiver roulette. I don't feel confident rolling any of them out. Yeah, for me, it's just Pitts as well. I mean, whether they put Diggs on him or or somebody else, again, tight end, it, it's one of those things where just a touchdown or even if he gets you like 60 yards on like four catches, that's a good day for a tight end, you know? So I, I'm rolling, uh, I am, I'm fine rolling Pitts out there. 
you know, I talked about this uh, on Monday or Tuesday's show that if you take away how bad he was in week one, Matt Ryan has been a QB one every single week the rest of the season. I don't know that he is this week. I like Dallas's defense. I think this is going to be more of a, I feel like this is more of like a 2021-2024 game than, than a high-shooting affair. Now, maybe Matt Ryan can get up there because if we're being honest, if you're looking at a lot of these games, it's kind of a poopy weekend for football. It's not a, There's not really a lot of great matchups uh, here in Week 10. but uh, There's a couple of great matchups, but it's ones where I think it may end up being a little bit of a more defensive contest. They're not yeah. great fantasy matchups, Mike. So, yeah, I think if, if you've got them, you're probably starting it. But those are the only two on Atlanta's side that I like. Do you think this is a bounce-back game for the Cowboys? We, we know Jack came out there after two weeks off. He looked a little rusty. Do you think that uh, he's maybe back to the regular or back to Super Dak this week? I mean, I hope so. And I hope we get a better game from Cooper and Lamb. It looks like, you know, we've been saying it for two weeks. It looks like Michael Gallup may actually get activated. I think they're at the point where if they don't activate him, he's gone for the year. Um, you know, Zeke is something to watch out for. He's still been a little gimpy. It looks like he's going to play. I think you're still firing him up. Um, could make Tony Pollard have some flex appeal. But I think Dallas, Dak took full ownership and just said they were terrible last week. And anyone that watched it would agree. Uh, I think they, they come back and, and look a little bit more like the team we've seen all season. Yeah, I agree. I talked a little bit about it on Tuesday's show. I just think it's one of those games. I, I really wasn't that worried about it. They'll be fine. Zeke, I'm with you. You know, if you've got him, you're firing him up. But I do think you're a little bit worried. He did get in limited practices on Wednesday and Friday, so that's good. But I don't know if this is one of those things where, like, maybe he only gets you 10 or 11 carries and we see a whole lot more Pollard. But as you said, you've got to play him because even with 10 or 11 carries, he can end up getting you 20 points if he scores a couple touchdowns. So, it's, it's, it might be a rough uh, rough week with Zeke, but you've got to roll him out there. Uh, I am picking the Cowboys to win. Who are you guys taking? Dennis took the Cowboys, as did I. So clean sweep. All right. Next up, we've got the 5-3 and three New Orleans Saints at the 7-2 and two Tennessee Titans. Who do you like from the Saints offense here with now no Alvin Kamara? Yeah, so I think my Mark Ingram becomes a flex play for me because I imagine they're going to lean on him. And Marquez Callaway, I think, he becomes a flex play because he has been the most dependable receiver, but that's really it. I'm not trusting anyone else. Yeah, and Callaway, I'd even be hesitant to put in at a, at a flex spot because he's been a little bit rough for me. Ingram, for sure, I'm with you because they, they don't really have much else behind him. I think they are going to lean on him in the rushing game, and he can still he's still, I think, a fairly good pass catcher as well. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be rough here for the Saints. I think this might be a low-scoring game because I'm, yeah. you know, the Titans' defense is a little bit better too. The Saints' defense is really it good. is good. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. With the with the as good as the Saints' defense is, I can see this being the same thing as I just mentioned um, earlier with the with the Cowboys Falcons. I can see this being like a 17-14 game, and it's just one of those things where kind of a lot of a lot of running the ball, a lot of really good defense, and and the quarterbacks playing keyboard because. Ryan Tannehill is also, is I think, dealing with an illness. I know they said he's going to play, but he's dealing with something too. So it's going to be kind of a weird game. On the Titans side, though, we saw Adrian Peterson, I believe, got in the end zone last week, if I'm remembering correctly. 21 plotting yards and then fell into the yeah. end zone. How, uh, how are you uh, looking at this backfield with him and Jeremy McNichols? Yeah, so, I, I mean, the tendency, you would say, a AP is still a big name future Hall of Famer when he ever hangs it up and can wait five years post that. But 
I just don't think he's quite the same back. I imagine he's going to get the volume, but he's no better than an RB3 for me. I do like him a little bit better than McNichols because I don't know how much volume there's going to be passing-wise. But probably for the Titans, the only one I feel great about is A.J. Brown. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if I have Peterson, I'm playing him. Unless you're sitting there with, like, well, a healthy Zeke maybe. But, like – Jonathan Taylor, like I, I was looking at one of my leagues earlier, Jonathan Taylor and Zeke, and I picked up Peterson off the waiver where I like I have Marquise Hollywood Brown and Deontay Johnson in my flex spot. Like I'm not putting Adrian Peterson in. But if you're if you need him, I'm with you because if he falls into the end zone, I think he can get you close to 10 points. But AJ Brown's the guy that you feel great about regardless, and that's about it. Um who are you guys taking? Dennis and I are taking the Titans. I think I'm going to be on the Titans as well here. I like the Saints, but I don't – I just don't know. I feel like Kamara is really going to help change that for me. All right, so uh, Tuinville, Jacksonville Jaguars – Tuinville, the Tuville, the two and six Jacksonville Jaguars at the four and five Indianapolis Colts. Urban Meyer came out and said he's expecting Robinson to play today. So aside from – or uh, Sunday, aside from him and Dan Arnold, are you starting any other Jaguars? Yeah, and even with Robinson, I'm lowering expectations a little bit. I, you know, when he's been full a full go, we've had him kind of in the top twelve ish. I have him more in the uh, fifteen to twenty ish range, uh, but I think he'll be decent. Dan Arnold, I like what he's doing. I don't want anyone else. This passing game has been woefully inconsistent. I know the Colts aren't a terrible matchup, but by the same token, we just have not seen Trevor Lawrence be able to click. I don't think they're blocking that well. Maybe getting Robinson back helps, but I'm not trusting anyone. Yeah, I'm with you, Dan Arnold. You're firing up. He's been very good and and getting a lot of targets. James Robinson, I think you you probably have to lower expectations to an RB3 for at least this week. Let's see what he looks like uh, in the game here. Colts do have a fairly good defense as well, and they're playing for a lot here trying to get back to 500. Uh, The Colts have been going going strong on offense. How are you feeling about Wentz in this matchup with the Jags? Yeah, I mean, Wentz wouldn't shock me if he ends up in the top 12. I believe he got there um, last week. I have him as a high-end QE2. I think he's back to a good option in Superflex. Really clicking with Michael Pittman, much to all of our joy. Yeah, yeah, Pittman. I love, I love Michael Pittman. Yeah, him, I'm with you. Wentz, is, Wentz has been very good. I think you're. I'm with you on that. Probably fire up as a Superflex option, and then Pittman and Taylor are good to go. I actually wouldn't mind firing up Naheem Hines in this one as well as the Flex option. Outside of those guys, though, I'm not uh, not really excited about firing anybody else up here, and I'm taking the Colts to win this game. Dennis and I are also on the Colts. It's getting scary here. Uh, hopefully we'll find yeah. – it looks like at least the next game we have some disparity. The 5-4 and four Cleveland Browns at the 5-4 and four New England Patriots. No Nick Chubb, no Demetric Felton. We talked a little bit about um, Dearness Johnson on Wednesday. What do you think this passing could passing game could look like against the Patriots, and who do you like from the Browns? Yeah, and you are probably right. They will try to focus on taking Johnson out. I just think Johnson's going to end up with borderline RB1 numbers anyway. In the passing game, it seems like Njoku has been a guy that gets touchdowns, but I don't know if I'm trusting that. I actually kind of like Jarvis Landry here. He's a good possession receiver. I think they go back to trying to get to him. It feels like it'll be harder to get the ball to Peoples-Jones. I think Jarvis Landry can be a high-end wide receiver three. 
Yeah, I'm going to go opposite of you here. And I don't think Jarvis will have a bad game. I can see wide receiver three upside. I am starting David and Joku because he just seems to be getting open for whatever reason. Maybe it's his because it's like his fifth year there. I don't know. He, he, yeah, he, he's really kind of clicking with Baker this year. Well, I shouldn't even say that. He was clicking with Baker last year and then he got the injury and then really never kind of came back fully healthy. So I, I think he's I think he's a good play because of that. As you mentioned, he's getting touchdowns. That matters at the tight end position right now. That that vaults you up into the top ten easily. I think this is a DPJ game. I, I really think he's going to be able to get some get some yards. Maybe it's just a big play again, like it was last week. I think he had a seventy something yard touchdown yeah. last week. Like hey, maybe that two eighty six and a touchdown makes sure. Yeah, I, I actually have to start him somewhere. So I, I pray that you are correct. I, I really think this is going to be a big DPJ game for whatever reason. He he's been the the three-letter J that clicks with Baker Mayfield, uh, uh, obviously, since OBJ is no longer there. Uh, but I, I do think DPJ can have a big game. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, I have. I think when my final rankings finished, I had Dearness at 16. So I'm not expecting a horrible game from him. But I do think the Patriots, you know, Bill, as great as a coach as he is, he's going to focus on trying to stop this run game because that is what the Browns offense revolves around and try and force Baker to beat them. And really quick, before we move on to the Patriots side, there's – how about the Browns locking up that entire offensive line for the next three to four years? It's going to be and, hopefully, and they have Chubb locked up. Um, you know, yeah. I think they will um, extend Baker. I know some people have been yeah. on the fence. I don't see why he wouldn't. That team fundamentally works for, for what they're wanting to do. There was some kind of personality conflict behind the scenes, and we wish Odell well, but maybe yeah. it just wasn't the right fit. Yeah, I'm. I've been on the uh, the Baker Baker side here for a while. I think they should extend him. I think he's been he's been more than good enough. I don't know what to say. He's been better than average, and I think a lot of people like to crap on him, but they never like to give him the you know the props when he does good things. You know, like that throw to DPJ last year in the Bengals game, which I would think is fair to say not every quarterback can make that throw. Uh, he's a very good quarterback. It's just not asked to do that much in Stefanski's offense. So what or which Patriots do you trust for fantasy? I mean, right now, I think the big one was probably Damian Harris coming into this game. We don't know that he's going to play. He's still sidelined with concussion stuff. I believe so is Ramondre Stevenson. So we could be looking at like a backfield led by Brandon Bolden and J.J. Taylor for the Patriots. Uh, obviously, you got Hunter Henry and John U. Smith. I think there was a port today that John U. Smith might actually get carries out of the backfield versus the Browns, who are you trusting on the Patriots? Well, Hunter Henry, you know, he seems to consistently get uh, passing work. Um, So you are right. Concussion for both Harris and Stevenson. They're both listed as questionable. Neither practiced this week. So I would certainly be concerned about that. John Smith also listed as questionable, barely got a limited practice has a shoulder injury. So, you know, it's it's probably really just Hunter Henry. Honestly, somebody's going to have yeah. a good game, but that's kind of like roulette. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Hunter, for sure. If if Damian Harris is ruled, like if he's cleared concussion protocol and plays, I'm fine starting him. I think he can still have a, a good day. Even though the Browns defense has been very good, but Hunter Henry is – is the guy, again, if you had to pick a weakness in the defense for the Browns, it would still be the linebacker position. Although, I mean, they really only have Jacoby Myers on the outside, so maybe they line a cornerback up on Hunter Henry. I don't know what they do, but uh, I, I'm 
I, I think Hunter Henry could have at least a decent game here. I'm really torn on this. I'm going to take my Browns because I don't want them to go back to 500, but I'm not, I don't feel good about it. Dennis also took the Browns. I, I don't know why, but I'm taking the Patriots. No, I, I, I don't blame you. I think, I really think this is a, a pick em game. I think you could go either way. The five and three Buffalo Bills at the two and six New York Jets. The Bills laid an egg last week. Do you, what do we expect in week 10? Yeah, hopefully that fired them up and gets them a little bit motivated. Josh Allen looked really bad. I think they need to get back. Their running game is almost less existent now than it was last year, which is a little bit of a curiosity. Their defense was still good. I mean, their defense was great last week. It was their offense couldn't get anything going. They need a little bit better line play. I don't think the Jets' defense is as ferocious. They really let Carson Wentz pick them apart last Thursday night, I think, we see a good game for Josh Allen. Hopefully he can get Diggs and Sanders and Beasley going again as well. And our boy Dawson Knox. Yeah, it's great to see Knox back. I think he's in for a good game here. I think the biggest thing affecting them is is kind of the same thing as the, the Ravens and the Chiefs. You just mentioned they don't really have a running game. I think defenses can kind of key in on that. There's only so much you can do if they're dropping everybody into coverage. Even if Josh Allen is running it, there's only so much he can do. A dude doesn't want to get hit 50 times a game because he's running the ball 20 times as well. So I'm with you, though. The Jets, while they do have a good secondary, and I think they do have a pretty good defense, they're just not, well, I was going to say they're really not in the same class as Buffalo, but let's be honest, it was Jacksonville last week, and we saw what they did. But I expect the Bills to take a step forward. Dawson Knox coming to help open things up a little bit more for the Bills. Mike White will start again this week. Does Elijah Moore have another big game? You know, I was one of those people that was super pumped to see what we got from Elijah Moore last week. Uh, We've all loved the talent, finally saw him click. I'm not trusting that just yet. You know, he could he do it again? Sure. Bills are a much tougher defense than what they played um, last week. And, you know, Corey Davis looks like he's tracking to be back. I think Elijah Moore will be fine, but all those people that got excited that that was the beginning of him dominating targets, I, I'm a I'm a little more on the, I would like to see it for a couple of weeks before I jump on that train. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with him not having a big game and playing him in a big money league, so I'd be perfectly fine with him getting like three points. But uh, yeah, I'm with you now. Mike White and him had a really good connection last week. He had that beautiful touchdown uh, before Mike White got knocked out in that one. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised, but I wasn't expecting it. I really thought with Corey Davis coming back that he was going to have uh, kind of get pushed back down the chart again or depth chart, but he had a good game. Yeah, I mean, it looked like he was a focal point last week, though, because Josh Johnson got him the ball, too. He had two touchdowns. He had one with each quarterback, so I don't know if it was specific to the chemistry with just one quarterback. Um, you know, I hope he does well, but I don't, you know, I'm not sure I trust it yet. Yeah, I mean, if you want to put him in your lineup, I think you're you're, you know, playing with fire a little bit. Now, if he does go out there and do it again this week, I think you're good to go because again, Buffalo, very good defense, very good secondary. If he's able to put those points up again, I think he he almost becomes a fairly comfortable flex start every single week. Uh, I am taking the Bills in this one. Who are you picking? Dennis and I are also on the Bills. All right, we have got the 0-8 Detroit Lions at the 5-3 Pittsburgh Steelers. Can the Lions do anything against this defense? I'm hoping DeAndre Swift can return good value, but uh, I'm not even confident about that. The uh, Detroit does not look good against much worse defenses. 
Yeah, I mean, the one thing I think will help Swift is we saw in their last game, he got a lot and a lot of checkdowns. That's one thing Jared Goff is not afraid to do. So even if he doesn't get you much rushing, I think receiving-wise, he'll be fine. Outside of him, like, I, you're starting Hawkinson, but I'm lowering expectations even on what Hawkinson can do. I think I had him at four or five this week, so I'm still expecting him to have a good game, uh, but not like a, a massive game. For the Steelers, are, we're starting a D- Deontay Harris. My goodness, Matt. We are starting Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson. Is Fryermuth though, moved into an automatic start for you now, too? Yeah, you know, I think he really is. He uh, was... He's tight end 15 on the season, but he's tight end four over the last three weeks. Uh, ben seems to be looking for him, particularly in the red zone. We're talking about a low barrier position. I like firing him up. I had him up inside my top 12. I think you did too. Yeah, I, I think I had him at 10. And I've said, I think he's going to be top 10 for me every single week. I mean, he really, the past couple of weeks, even before his big game, he he was kind of being a focal point of that offense. Let's see here. He's sitting with, I mean, two, five, six, one, one, then nine, 12, and 18. I was trying to pull up his his targets here. So, I mean, the first couple weeks of the season, just one target, but then four, five, then one, then two, seven, seven, six. I think he's becoming a focal part of this offense, and I think it's going to continue all year because, again, Juju's not here. I mean, really, since that bye week, he's been good. I think with Juju being out, he's kind of become, and in my opinion, the second part of this offense because Claypool is just going deep, it feels like, and – I don't know that Ben has the arm to get it to Claypool anymore. So it, it's Deontay and, yeah. and Fryermuth. And I think even more so pointing to Fryermuth is the fact that Eric Ebron has been like a healthy scratch every, for like the past couple of weeks. I think yeah. they want Fryermuth to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. Yeah. And I think they've been good. And, um, you know, at this midway point in the season, I also think Najee Harris probably is our rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Unless Jamar Chase has a couple 200 yard receiving games and touchdowns he might he's jump making it again, close but, but harris has been so consistent i feel yeah. like he's made such a difference on a team that doesn't really have any kind of explosion maybe it was all of our lowered uh, expectations for new norm ben yeah yeah i'm with you on that um i'm gonna flip the script a little bit i think the lions get off the schneid they i think they find a way to pull off the win here you know the steelers offense hasn't looked great detroit's been playing teams tough I, I don't know why. I just got a good feeling about Detroit this week. Take it. Uh, Dennis appreciates your vote of confidence in his team. He is taking the Steelers. I am also taking the Steelers. Anything for Dennis, which we should have mentioned. If you guys have Sirius XM, go back and listen to Football Diehards last night. Dennis was on with Bob Harris last night on Sirius XM for a little bit. I believe he said it was like at the 11.15 mark Eastern. Yeah. Uh, for like no, the show minutes. started at 11.35, yeah, I think Eastern, and he said he was on for about 15 minutes doing a Week 10 preview, so. Yeah, so jump on and check that out. Let we got going for a Hall of Famer this week. Yeah, so, you know, I feel like that's a little bit rude, but hey, you know, you do, you know, I'm, I'm just, we're just messing with him. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's, I'm really, really pumped for him. That is a great opportunity for him to be able to jump on and talk with uh, with Bob Harris on SiriusXM, so definitely check that out if you guys haven't had a chance to, and let him know what you thought. All right, so then we get the uh, 6-2 Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the 2-6 and six Washington football team. There is likely no A, B, or Gronk. I, I think, what did, um, what did Arian say? They've been ruled out now. They just yeah, have to, Gronk, those two guys are out. Gronk is two to three weeks away, and I don't know that we heard a timetable on A, B. Uh, so just yeah. so you guys know. So wh- who do you like, though, in this passing game? Because 
Chris Godwin's also dealing with an he injury. Did, he has an ankle injury, apparently got hurt making a tackle or something, but he did return to practice Friday. I think he plays. To me, it's, you know, you're, we're always playing Brady. It's wheels up on Mike Evans. It's wheels up on Chris Godwin. It's wheels up on Leonard Fournette. I am not super impressed by the Washington defense. I think this could be a, a pretty big game. Yeah, I'm with you, man. How, I mean, how Leonard Fournette has just like completely in a year flipped things for, for himself is just ridiculous. The Bucks' pass defense has not been great. Is this a bounce back week for Terry McCorn? And we're, we're yeah. not going to see Logan Thomas this week, right? I can't remember. I know uh, he said that he was tracking toward potentially. Let's see if they updated and made a decision. Logan Thomas was spotted working off to the side. They have yet to designate him to return from injured reserve. So he's probably not this week, which means you could have some luck with Ricky Seals-Jones. But I think Terry McLaurin, I, I feel like he gets back in the end zone this week. They're going to need to try to score. And the weak spot in the Tampa Bay defense is that corner position. All right. I am taking the Buccaneers. What about you guys? Yes, we are both taking the Buccaneers. Well, we know the Buccaneers are ready to get a win coming off of a bye. But football fans, if you're ready to score some free bets, you can do that now when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we have now got the four and five Carolina Panthers at the eight and one Arizona Cardinals without Darnold. What do we expect from the Panthers' offense? A little quick typo there, since I apparently I thought Sam Darnold also played for the Ravens. Uh, you know, I am not bullish on them. Our friend Ricky uh, took the over one and a half touchdowns for the Panthers and took them at, um, I think they're plus t- or minus 10 or plus 10 and a half. I don't think they're going to be great. PJ Walker hasn't been great. I know they signed Cam Newton. Cam Newton's like, I can play on Sunday. That's too quick of a turnaround. I was kind of excited. I don't know how you feel about that reunion story. I thought he got kind of a raw deal the way his time there ended. Uh, and it hasn't really worked out for them trying to replace him. I'll be curious to see him get back. They put Darnold on IR. It was four to six weeks. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he's done for the rest of the year if they like what they see. I don't think Walker is the guy. Christian McCaffrey probably will still have a big game, but it's a real bummer for DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about it last week that Moore's probably got to drop down to like wide receiver two territory for you, possibly even wide receiver three, which is just in, sucks to think about because of how talented he is. Yeah, I, 
I'm glad to see Cam back. I don't know that I have high hopes of him for anything for fantasy. I would love to see him go out there and be successful, though, because I'm with you. I think he got kind of a raw deal. And it's it's funny that the Carolina Panthers are now playing. They are paying Cam Newton's original salary. Then they're paying his replacement, then his replacement's replacement, and then his replacement's replacement's replacement, which is also now, again, Cam Newton. So uh, very, very interesting. I believe they are paying a total of $44 million this year to the quarterback position. Which is, um, I'd say you get what you pay for, but um, that hasn't been the case. You know, I mean, if you really, realistically, if you add it all up, they probably have a lot of touchdowns, a lot of wins. They've been to a Super Bowl and they've got an MVP. It's just between like four different quarterbacks. So, anyways, yeah, I, I'm excited to see him back there, though. I think it's a, it's a very good story. Murray seems to be tracking to return. What do we like from the Cardinals in this one for fantasy? I'm all in on James Conner this week. I have him as a top uh, 12 play. I, you know, he looked like the James Conner world with no Chase Edmonds. They rely on him, I think. Green's supposed to be back. Uh, D Hop should play. He's probably more of a wide receiver, too. I think Murray will be okay, but maybe not the spectacular hikes we saw earlier this season. And uh, if I had to flex another receiver, I'm going with Christian Kirk. Yep, I am with you. I'm lowering expectations a little bit here on everybody just because of them being banged up, except for James Conner. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Eno Benjamin does in this game. He's a guy that I picked up in a couple places just because it looks like Chase Edmonds might be out for a couple weeks. Is, does he factor in and, and play in the Chase Edmonds role? And if he does, what does that mean for him? Uh, I am taking the Cardinals to win this game. Who are you guys picking? We are both on the Cardinals. The three and five Minnesota Vikings at the five and three Los Angeles Chargers. It has been a tumultuous week for Dalvin Cook. Do you think that impacts him on the field? Yeah, that's going to be the million dollar question. Um, we know it's not going to prevent him from playing. You know, his off the field, but you know, he's they his agent made allegations that he was abused, and you know, we've seen some video that if, if nothing else, it was verbal abuse. There's also been some shots and stuff the other way. He said it's going to play out in court. These guys are human. You can't help but have that have some kind of a mental impact. So we'll have to see what that does to him. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. And and you know, a lot of sometimes these guys use getting back on the field as like their chance to get away from all that stuff. So maybe he goes out there and balls out, or maybe it does stick with them a little bit and affect him. There's no way for us to know until he gets on the field. Uh, but you're firing up, firing him up regardless. I will also say, just based on some stuff I heard this morning on SiriusXM, I don't know that it's anything. If you're, if you have Dalvin Cook on your rosters, you have to be worried about right now because this could take a little bit of time for the legal process to pay out, play out. So you might be okay this year. But again, the, a lot of the stuff that's being thrown around is not great for Dalvin Cook altogether in this one. Uh, what do we think about Mike Williams here and and how about the tight end situation for the Chargers? You know, Williams started out on fire. A lot of people saying he was he was better than Keenan Allen. Uh, and then I feel like we've seen the Mike Williams of like the past four years, Mike Williams. Yeah, and he's not, you know, the talent's still there. Uh, it just hasn't been a great connection. I still, I pushed him down, I think, into wide receiver three territory. I'm just not confident. Um, you know, I like the talent, but he's not getting the volume. And that's the same kind of way I feel about the tight ends. They're using both Jared Cook and Donald Parham. Um, you know, Parham got a touchdown last week. I think both those guys are really tight end twos. They're get they're getting opportunities, but it's it they're 
cannibalizing each other's value. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, you know, as, as Dennis said, he's ready for next year when Jared Cook probably, you know, finally just retires or, or walks away and it's the Donald Parham season. I, I wouldn't feel great starting either one of them. I'm with you on Mike Williams. I mean, Keenan Allen's the guy. Uh, I think Mike Williams is, is still a decent wide receiver three, uh, but he's not that top end guy in Los Angeles. We thought he might have been after like I think the first two or three weeks there with the Chargers. Uh, I'm picking the fighting Justin Herberts to win the game. Who are you guys picking? We are both on the Chargers. The three and six Philadelphia Eagles at the five and four Denver Broncos. Is Jordan Howard the best play in the Eagles backfield? Yeah, I thought it was going to be Boston Scott, but I actually do think it is Jordan Howard. Um, I like what he's done with the opportunities. I think he earns himself some more opportunities. Yeah, I mean, dude, just been scoring touchdowns and good for him. He's not even that old. I think he's only like 27 years old. I thought he was older than that. So, yeah, I mean, he's he, – I'm playing him. He, they get into the red zone and, and – you know, much to the Jay, the people who roster Jalen Hurts dismay, he uh he's just handing the ball off to Jordan Howard and letting him get in the end zone instead of him running it in. So, but he's getting touchdowns and that matters. I mean, he falls in the end zone two or three times. All of a sudden, he made your fantasy day, even if it's you know five carries for twelve yards and three touchdowns. When you're sitting there looking at eighteen points, I take that any day of the week. The Broncos have won two straight. Can they make it three and sweep the NFC East? Yeah, and before the season, I thought the hard one for Denver to get against the NFC East was going to be the Cowboys, and they trucked them last week. I do think they get the win here and end up a perfect 4-0 against the NFC East. We will disagree on that part. I'm taking the Eagles. Well, you know, you you also took the Lions. That is very true. That is very true. But it's it's mostly me speaking a very good game for Jalen Hurts into existence because I need it. And I need it in a major way this week. I mean, you can have both. The Cowboys got trucked last week, and Dak Prescott was still fine for my fantasy teams. Um, Dennis is also taking the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I feel like I've been kind of wrong a lot this year. I've gotten some really good upsets, but really I, my, my pick and record is... is well, given the way the NFL year, has been tracking the last couple of weeks, you picking against conventional wisdom might be the way to go. That might be true. The 3-5 and five Seattle Seahawks at the 7-2 and two Green Bay Packers. Russ is due to return to... No. Let's try this again. Russ is due to return this week. What do we expect from the Seattle offense? Yeah, and it looks like they um, have a potential to get Chris Carson, too. I have to go back and um, Chris Carson. Oh, yeah, he, I guess was, he, will, he will not be activated. They finally made a decision. Okay, gotcha. They don't feel like it's time. So I guess it's Alex Collins. Russ, I think he comes back. I think he ends up being a quarterback one. Again, this is an important game for Seattle. I don't particularly think they're going to win, but I think they're going to play hard. Good things for DK Metcalf. Hopefully a little more consistency for Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I think the big thing for Seattle is Russ. I want to see how rusty he is. I know he's coming back, but he, he just got that pin removed. Like, I don't know that it's going to be that easy for him. I mean, it, it clearly Lockett and Metcalf are likely better with him out there, but I don't know that I'm expecting a massive game for him. And, and really, right on the same side, of, on the opposite side of the field, Aaron Rodgers is likely going to be back. We don't know that for sure. I mean, he he just mentioned apparently on Pat McAfee's show the other day, he's still dealing with symptoms. If he's still dealing with symptoms, I don't know that he plays because he will not have been on the field at all. The earliest he can return is Saturday. 
I know Matt LaFleur came out today and said, well, he's been in every single meeting and all that. I mean, that's going to be a close call. So if he does play, though, on Sunday, what do you think that means for Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones? Yeah, well, I mean, if you were with us on Wednesday for rankings, I have both those guys back up in the top 12. Um, Rodgers is just a difference maker. And, and this is an important game for both teams because Green Bay had a lot of momentum last week. was a minor setback in terms of having that loss. Seattle's not totally out of it, but a loss here puts them to three and six. They can be out of it. I think both quarterbacks come back, and this ends up being hopefully one of the better games of the weekend. Yeah, if both of them are back, I'm with you. you got to watch it. You're still playing Adams and, and Jones anyways, but obviously Aaron Rodgers being there definitely puts up a uh, – you know, raise his hopes a little bit for better games, I guess, against the Seattle defense. Um, I'm going to take the Packers regardless. Even if even if, even if, if uh, Rodgers doesn't come back, I'm going to take Jordan Love. Either way, I'm taking the Packers. I'm taking the Packers. Dennis taking the Seahawks. He believes in that dangerous magic. Interesting. All right, so the Sunday night football game, which could be – I think both these next two games could be good – Five and four Kansas City Chiefs at the five and three Las Vegas Raiders. Have the Chiefs the Chiefs have struggled of late? What happens in Vegas Sunday? Yeah, the Raiders have been their kryptonite even the last couple of years when the Chiefs have seen like an immovable object. I think it's going to be a tough go for them again. You know, we saw them struggle. They only got a single touchdown, only barely won against Jordan Love last week at home. Um, they just don't look like the same team. Barely beat the Giants at home. I I don't think they're a favorite for this game, and I think that they're going to have another hard time. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'll, I'll just say it right now. I'm picking the Raiders to win. I, I think that this is going to be a very good game, um, but I, I don't know that they're going to continue to play any better. Now, CEH, I believe, could be back soon, they were saying. He's practicing. so. He's- he is in that designated return window. Let me check for an update. I did not think he was going to say that he had yeah, a good week he... of practice, but it's a stretch for him to be yeah. activated. So I, if he plays next week, I could see the Chiefs start to turn this around. As again, I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, it really seems like these defenses are dropping everybody into coverage and trying to force the that te- the Chiefs to beat them on the ground. And the Chiefs are not able to do it, and I think that happens again here. Uh, with the Raiders. It was a bad beat for the Raiders in week nine, but they've played Kansas City tough. What are you expecting from them this week? I think they come out better. Both Dennis and I also picked the Raiders, so we're all picking the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders have had good energy. Derek Carr really seems to get up for these games with the Chiefs. I think they do it again. All right, and then the Monday night football game, the Los Angeles Rams at 7-2 and two play the 3-5 and five San Francisco 49ers. The Rams were flat in week nine. Will they bounce back in week 10? And are there any concerns for you about Stafford's ankle? Yeah, and Stafford's off the injury report now, so he's good to go. We never really thought he was going to miss. I think he's going to go back to being good. Vaughn Miller did not practice Thursday. We were hoping that this would be kind of the first time we see him, and that makes a little bit of a difference to me about how I think the 49ers play. Uh, but I think the Rams are going to come out good. We, we, you know, Odell obviously signed there. Um, you can get your thought in a minute. I, for fantasy, I don't think that's a big mover for me. I still like Cup and Woods better. I still think Darrell Henderson keeps his role. Maybe it takes a little bite out of Higby, prevents Van Jefferson from really accelerating. That being said, I don't expect to see him at all on Sunday. I don't think they've made any comments, but there's no way, honestly, that he's, he's or on Monday, that he's on the on the field, I think. 
But I think the Rams are going to want to come out and be motivated. They didn't have a good showing last week. This is a divisional game. They need to get back on the right track. I think we do see him Monday, but I don't think he does anything. I, I think he's going to be there in uniform. I actually wouldn't be surprised if we get like three to five plays from him and they try to take like one big play to him. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I would have much more preferred him go to Green Bay from a fantasy standpoint and in all honesty, just an NFL standpoint, seeing Aaron Rodgers have Devontae Adams and Odell, man, would that be fun to watch. The one thing I think, I think it hurts Cooper Cup more than anyone. I know that sounds crazy to say because of how good Cooper Cup has been, but Sean McVay was the one who pushed to get Odell to come to the Rams. I think he has a specific mindset or a specific thing he wants Odell for. Because a lot of people are like, oh, well, DJX didn't get that much, so Odell's not become two completely different players. O- Odell is still, I think, at this point in his career, much better than what DJX is at his point in his career. So you're going to likely take away from someone. I think that's Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Cup, I think, is still going to be a wide receiver one. He's going to continue to be good, but I, even if he loses a little bit of that volume, I think that hurts him. And I do think it takes away from Robert Woods a little bit as well. So uh, for Robert Woods, I believe he's been like a wide receiver twelve. Uh, the past couple of weeks, like he's been really good. That uh, that part of it, I think, does kind of suck because you're you're taking away from two guys who have been really good. Um, and I, I don't know that OBJ is ever going to be more than a wide receiver three there, even maybe if that. I also think it completely cuts Tyler Higby out of the conversation. But you know, it, and it's probably make Van Jefferson because you yeah. don't imagine Van Jefferson gets the opportunities that are afforded to him right now as the wide receiver three for that team. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's going to be a fun offense to watch every single week. Uh, that That's for damn sure, having those three guys out there. With Matt Stafford, who is, if we're all being honest, even if he, Eli is probably going to make the Hall of Fame, Matt Stafford's the best quarterback he's ever played with. So, I mean, that that definitely is going to be fun from, from that side of things to watch as well. Jimmy G is QB1 the past two weeks, but the 49ers are 0-2. Can they change that Monday night? In a word, no. I mean... Anything can happen, as we've seen in the NFL. If the Rams had uh, won a big game last week, I might have felt better about the 49ers' chances of upsetting them, but I don't think the Rams lose two in a row, in which case I think the 49ers end up three and six and are in – I think it'll be somewhat competitive. Our friend John Hamler's diehard 49ers fan this morning said it could be uh, Rams minus 15 and he'd still take the Rams. He has no faith in the Niners. I think it'll be more competitive than that, but I still think at the end of the day they end up three and six and have to make a decision about whether it's time to just look at Trey Lance. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I actually think this can be a very competitive game, but I think the Rams, they're just too good. I think they end up pulling out the win here. And just uh, that's who I'm picking to to win as well. What about you guys? Yep, I am taking the Rams, and so is Dennis. So we were just talking about the, uh, the Seahawks a couple minutes ago. Just to clarify, as you mentioned, Chris Carson not coming back. Just tweeted out that uh, Alex Collins will be getting the start at least for one more week. So the Alex Collins... Not that he's done much, but he is going to be the starting running back for the Seattle Seahawks. All right, so that will do it for us today. We'll be back on Monday, hopefully, uh, to recap the Week 10 action from the NFL. And outside of that, everybody enjoy your weekend. Good luck in all of your matchups. Again, we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs, so let's uh, let's hope everybody gets those uh, very important Week 10 wins to hopefully start separating yourself or moving toward the top putting yourself back in that playoff picture we will see you guys again on monday everybody enjoy the weekend prepare for glory i don't know if you got your pop on there
for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only tackle in the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.